This podcast, The Two Mats, is sponsored as ever by the New European Newspaper. And we've got a very special subscription offer for you, a new one, where you can get a free bollocks to Brexit passport cover. That's right, you heard that right, folks. It's a burgundy, like vegan leather, beautifully designed passport cover. Pleather. To, to have pleather, that's what, that's what they call it, isn't it? Pleather. To hide your um, new British blue. The shame of the, the blue shame, The shame passport. of the blue passport. And you can get your free bollocks to Brexit passport cover free with a subscription to the New European from just £1 a week. So to take this fantastic offer, and trust me, if you like this podcast, you will absolutely love the New European, go to theneweuropean.co.uk forward slash two mats. That's the number two, M-A-T-T-S, and there's a link in the show notes. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to the New European Podcast. Hello and welcome to the New European Podcast. Hello and welcome to the New European Podcast. Hello and welcome to the New European Podcast brought to you in association with Progress, the centre-left Labour pressure group changing Labour policy, stopping a Tory hard Brexit, marching for a people's vote, your remain home in Labour. Well, it's almost New Year and in preparation, of course, Steve and Jerry are taking some days off. Meanwhile, I'm here cutting a pod on my own. Now, unfortunately, guys, you're going to have to put up one of those festive mashups of all the best bits. But hey, what better time to reminisce than between Christmas and New Year? So here it is. Enjoy. I'm joined by Jerry Scott on a train. Hello. We're not just Jerry Scott. We're here with a whole posse of new European cast members because we're on our way to our 100th edition party. The whole gang's here. Yes, we've got Sarah Roberts, who's our head designer. We've got Sam, whose surname I always forget. Hello, Sam. Hi. Tell me to be quiet before. <laughs> <laughs> yes, just now, Sam. We've got, we've got Speak Liz when nice. spoken to. <laughs> yeah, hi. Mark Hindle. Hello. Jasper Coppin. Hello. And random commuter Alex. Hello, Alex. Alex. <laughs> so we're going to do the news first, then we're going to take you along to the party and meet some of the guests, which should be fun. We are joined now by Mitch Ben. Yes. He's going to try and be funny. I didn't, I didn't say anything about that. No? <laughs> all right, all right. Forget that. We'll go and do someone else. So we're we'll doing do Brexit bingo. It's Brexit bingo, Mitch Ben. Right. So you pick, uh, you pick a number from here. 
Alrighty. Uh, as a woman brings out some lollipops. Green lollipops. I know they were Viagra lollipops. One can only hope. Uh, <laughs> tell me what I've got. Tell me the number and then I will read the question. 18. To you. I'm assuming it doesn't go up to 81. It's number 18. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's, a, it's one that's made for comedy this week. Ah, well, so, so will the Union of England and Scotland survive Brexit? Depends what you mean by survive, really, doesn't it? I mean, uh, do I think they're still going to be the same country after Brexit? I don't know. You see, I'm still working on the business. I still don't believe it's going to happen. I still genuinely don't believe it's going to happen. Or it's going to happen in... My, 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 my three theories, basically, since the referendum have been... Either it's going to get backed into some procedural cul-de-sac whence it can never be extricated. Um, they're just going to keep kicking it into the long grass until basically everybody's dead or bored. Or we're going to have something which is basically Brexit in name only. They're going to come up with something where we can sort of nominally say we've left and shut the racists up, but it doesn't actually change anything. You've travelled on a train with us, you've been to a party with us, and you've experienced our hangovers. It's not been that long, has it, since we... No, the last time we spoke... Yeah. Uh, we spoke, the, yeah, I mean, we what, spoke... 40 hours? Just after the... The resignations. It was yeah. great then, wasn't it? Everything two, was The two rosy. worst and laziest members of the cabinet had resigned. Oh, joy. It was going to be sunny forever. Someone was going to last forever. And England were going to win the World Cup. Yeah. And now? Well, the resignations are still in. Yeah. The rest of it's sort Football of to put. Not coming home, after all. Football's going to It's going France. to rain here next week. In Norwich. Is it going to rain? It's cloudy now. It's going to rain uh, in Norwich. Trump. Trump is here. Trump's here. And Did you see his brilliant quote? Brexit. I am a very stable genius. A very stable genius. <laughs> That's, That's what good. he said. That's good. It's extraordinary. And on top of all that, we're talking about stockpiling processed food, aren't we? And <laughs> sailing a flotilla of boats with generators on them to Ireland <laughs> to keep the lights on after we have a no-deal Brexit. Oh so, What is your favourite processed food? Processed food? The canned mm. bacon has been processed. Well, I was going to say, is a sausage... Yeah, processed. I think it is, yeah. isn't it? Well, that's all right. If, if Brexit means bacon and sausage, I'm in. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, bacon wrapped in. Why is sausage wrapped in bacon so, so delicious? Nice? Or is it? Well, yeah, it's served only once a year, though, isn't it? Really? So, oh, no. Or mark, maybe not in your house. No. Well, in Marks and Spencer's, do this incredible thing. Do you they? can buy. We're so bacon. metropolitan elite, aren't we? The Marks and Spencer's. Bacon wrapped in sausage, but they also do. Cheese with bacon. Oh, cheese! It. Yeah. Oh man, I'm getting some of that tonight. Excellent news. Yeah. Brexit. Brexit food. That. Brexit food. Prime Brexit food. And so the, do we, so do we want to go on? Sorry. No, I was going to talk about these generators. The generators. Yeah. Have you seen them? Well, no. They're um, they're like um, they're like it's basically a barge with one of those things that you can buy to plug your USB <laughs> in to power your phone. The one from I've, the garage, yeah, like, that yeah. you get from the that you get from the garage. The one I've seen, I've, I saw a picture of one earlier on, and it's got a lot of sort of quite impressively different coloured sort of stacked right. cubes, right? Um, and it's but it is essentially a barge with a with a generator on it. And um, we're gonna but we're gonna sneak it into a plug-in island. We're we? gonna sail them over there, yeah, <laughs> and that's gonna. Provide power for the old. Uh, the, the, well, we're going to return to the the people of Ireland when we do the Brexiteer of the of the of the week. But that is going to provide power on Craggy Island and the <laughs> island of Craggy Island. Yeah. Okay. Great. So, 
bit of fallout from the resignations. Yes. Um, I'm still enjoying the resignations. It's fantastic to see those two charlatans out of office. Do you think Theresa May's worried that we haven't heard from Boris yet, though? Uh, no, I think she's delighted. I think she knows that he's lazy. He's planning an intervention, clearly, at some point. But, you know... What can he do, though? I mean, I know we spoke about this on the on the Extra Extra special pod during the week, but I, I'm not really sure what he can do. Well, he's hoping that this drip, drip of resignations... But that's stopped. It has stopped. Yeah, yeah, it, it has stopped. And and some of the some of the names, some of the big bigger names that people were saying haven't happened. I mean, obviously, yeah, Gove's on board. I think that's hugely important. Yes. Um, and I just, yeah, I think that I when think the Goves leave the tower, that is when <laughs> the, uh, the 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 kingdom will fall, basically, isn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. I think that she has once again. Struggled through, stumbled. She stumbled. Through. She stumbled through. Stumbles yeah. On. But now, after this one, I think actually I can't see now her being toppled before Brexit. Well, so what? I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? So the main opposition to all this, apart from obviously David Davis and Boris Johnson, who are—I mean, David Davis is going around <coughs> muttering darkly, isn't he? But he's an ineffective fool at the, at the best, isn't he? To so, be fair to uh, him, though. To be fair to him. At least he had a principle. I'm not sure quite that's the right word, but you know yeah. what I mean. He had something that he could just couldn't believe in. Whereas Boris weighed up whether he could get anything out of believing in it. Well, I think he actually had decided he what he did believe in it, and then Toasted when David it. and then when Davis resigned, yeah. Yeah. he knew that he'd have to do that or or just be um, a, a figure of fun forever. Absolutely. Um, the interesting thing, the interesting developments over the week have been. Around the ERG, haven't they? The the Europe Re- European Reform Group, which is headed by Jacob Rees-Mogg. But yeah. even so, there Mogu. seems to be a, a split there, doesn't there? Because on the one hand, you've got Jacob Rees-Mogg, and we can talk about all the things that he's proposing in a minute. And on the other hand, you've got people like uh, Patrick uh, Bernard Jenkin, rather, who mm. is who is one of the most you know headbangery yeah, yeah. of hard Brexit headbangers, the saying. Brexit McBrexit face. He is totally yeah. saying we support the PM, yeah. and we've got Andrea Jenkins, who is, I mean, a ludicrous figure, off the scale bonkers, off the scale batshit uh, craziness. Who, who is saying we support her, but you know she's not going to be able to give any more ground to the EU, and if she, she is inevitably going to be asked to give more yeah, ground yeah, yeah, by yeah. the EU, and. So maybe they're keeping the powder dry for that. But it's interesting that Jacob Rees-Mogg, who is in charge of this bunch and is trying to turn them in, the ERG into some like the SPG used to be in the seventies <laughs> and eighties, the, the special patrol group, some sort of, you know, the, the they're like, you know, he's, I think he sort of sees himself as the Professor Griff of <laughs> uh, of, of Brexit, doesn't he? Yeah. And they they are his security of the first world. Yeah. Um, and first of all. Uh, they have suggested. Uh, well, first of all, he said that that everybody, hard, all Brexiteers should join the Conservative Party, like momentum, mm. and take over the Conservative Party mm. from within, which is quite a, an extraordinary thing to say. He actually said, I've written this down. He said, "It isn't our part. It, it is our party. It isn't Theresa May's party. It wasn't David Cameron's party. It is our party." He's basically said, "It's my, my party, party, isn't it?" And I'll cry if I <laughs> if I want to, I suppose. So he wants to overturn the Conservative Party from within. He was promising a resignation a day. That's not happened. He's 
come out and said that um, he's going to table four amendments to this trade bill, yeah. which would only succeed if he could persuade Labour to vote with him, I think, mm. uh, which frankly isn't going to happen, surely, even to embarrass Theresa May. I don't know. Mm. Um, Probably not. And then he's also said that they're going to force Theresa May to publish a rival draft of the White Paper, which David Davis said he'd drawn up. Now, there's a problem with that, isn't there? Because he said he's drawn up quite a few papers in the past, David Davis. And what if it is just a, a napkin? Well, he's leaked He's leaked that. Um, it's just beginning to leak as we speak, yeah, yeah. actually. Um, and so it is an actual thing, is it? Well, yeah, It's not maybe. just a copy I mean, of the uh, Chequers Agreement with... <laughs> David some... Davis is... Checkers agreement. Yeah, some jam yeah. stains on it and uh, no written on I'm in sure trail. Simple. I'm sure it's ludicrous. But um But yeah You know what I think? He's not really got the numbers though, has he, Moggy? And they've got not got the numbers at the moment. Well they've not got the they've got the numbers to spark a leadership contest, but she would win. Yeah. So uh, the ERG have always said we support the Prime Minister. That's been their sort of opening mantra. We always support yeah. the Prime Minister and here's what we're gonna do to, to you know, understand. Um, and that's how Mogg's done it since he took over. So the fact that Jenkins is saying we support the Prime Minister, I mean, you know, I, I'm not, I, they clearly don't support the Prime Minister, or else yeah, they would they be shutting yeah. up. But do you know what I think? Mm. I think that one of these levers needs to be properly brave, like Boris or yeah. Jacob. Or, it's not going their way now. Theresa May has got is probably as powerful now as she's been actually since she yeah. since she started because she's seen off Boris, she's seen off Davis, she's yeah, still finally. she's got her, yeah. Well, this bit she, of her plan has worked, hasn't it? it? Has, she's, it she's, has. she's modelled this scenario. Well, actually, I'm not sure, but it's worked out worked out right for her to the, at this point. But she's not going to ever say, "All right, here's my final deal. Let's take it to the country." Yeah. That might be the hard Brexiteers' only chance mm. of getting what they want now. Yeah, yeah, it could be. Yeah. So. If I was a hard Brexiteer, yeah. that is what I would be saying. All right, bring us your deal. We'll ask the country if they want your deal, no deal, or stay in the EU. Right. What do you reckon? Well, I think that's... Will it. they do it, though? I don't think they no, will they do haven't. it. They're because not. they'd be too scared they'd be too of scared. any sort of Brexit yeah. being... And I think that increasingly, some of them, the more sensible ones, think, well, let's just get out now and, you know, the tide will... Turn and we can claw back some of this, and maybe. So why can... didn't you see? This is a conversation I had with a colleague on on Monday when the in the midst of the resignations. Why not just back it? Yeah, exactly. go go for go to build build yourself up to become prime minister, yeah. or go after that, and then start clawing it into your way of thinking. Why do we have to throw toys out the car? Well, well, that's that's exactly what I thought Boris Johnson's strategy was going to be yeah. until the minute that David Davis. Phoned him up and went, I'm about to resign, and then yeah. he, he obviously went cripes. Well, he? I don't know. I think I don't think that decision was made on on Sunday evening, or you know, after after the British Grand Prix. No, on Boris's part, obviously it was for David Davis. But I think I hats off to him for going to the British Grand Prix as well. Just ring one more VIP <laughs> one trip more freebie, yeah, out yeah. of it. It yeah. is really. I mean, maybe he paid for it, but he was. Maybe he did. Maybe he did pay for it, but he was certainly stomping around the pit lane, wasn't he? He said, "Yeah, you don't just do that on a normal ticket." No, he, um, no, no. He, uh, but for, you know, for but he might have. But he, he may well have paid for it. He can tell us if you like. Yeah, maybe you've not got a bit of time on your hands. You can. You can write in, David. It is a great day out. 
at the British Grand Prix. It's a fantastic day out. Yeah, yeah, it is a really, really good day out. So I once, um, I once went to the British Grand Prix in fantastic hospitality. Did I've, you? I've got choppered to, in. I've got to say, I wasn't choppered in. Um, I, would, I nearly needed to be choppered away. <laughs> You're listening to the New European Podcast, brought to you in association with Progress, the centre-left Labour pressure group, changing Labour policy, stopping a Tory hard Brexit, marching for a people's vote, your Remain Home in Labour. Join today for just £3 per month at prog.rs forward slash join. That is prog, P-R-O-G dot R-S forward slash join. J-O-I-N. Okay, more from Jerry later on, but on the phone now... Back from the Love Inn in Liverpool, on his way to the Hate Inn in Birmingham, it's my buddy Richard Porritt. How are you? Steve, I, I'm, I'm very well. How are you? I am good. I'm missing you. I'm missing you greatly. Well, likewise. I'm, I, I, I mean, I'm not yet recovered, if I'm honest. I'm, 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 I'm fragile. Good. Good. Well, that's that, that's good because it has. You, you've had a you've had a hell of a time, obviously already, and you, and you're going on <laughs> into into hell. Um, we'll talk about the Tories and Labour in a minute. First of all, before you before we sent you to Liverpool, you you stopped off in Bolton. Just remind the the listeners why you were in Bolton. Ah, well, what what fun this was. So yes, I went off to to Bolton to what was formerly the Reebok Stadium, but I think it's now called the University of Bolton Stadium, for um, the Leave Means Leave rally. Now, I have to say, I expected this to be at pitch side, but it wasn't. It was in the bowels of the the Premier Lounge, so it was all inside. And, um, yeah, it was me and at the very max uh, 2,000 Leavers, um, and I was wearing my Don't Blame Me, I Voted Remain t-shirt. Um, and, yeah, I was I, I, I had the great pleasure of listening to Kate Hoey, David Davis and Nigel Farage. It was, uh, it was quite an experience. That is, I mean, what a, what a treat you've had. I, 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 I really like, I don't know if you saw this, there was a bloke um, interviewed outside this rally. On, he was interviewed on Sky News. And they said to him, sort of, you know, what do you want? And he said, and I've written this down, he said, we want to hold our own and be able to control ourselves. And I, don't, <laughs> I didn't know whether that was, you know, medical issues or, or whether it was political um, thing. But what was the demographic like there? Because I'm, I'm expecting it was a widely diverse uh, cross-section of society. Well, it's funny you should ask that because I did do a little, a little uh, count a little, a little headcount of, uh, of, of people who maybe um, were a little bit more diverse than your your average leave means leave supporter. Yeah. And there was uh, there was one black face and two Asian faces um, among the two thousand. That was when they were seated, um, and it was very uh, it was very sort of middle aged to elderly white man. Yeah. Um, there was. Basically, they were tweed wearing UK voters. Um, I mean, they were all perfectly polite. I have to say, there was a, there was a few more extreme elements. There was one guy in one of those Stone Island yeah. tops with the glasses in the hood. You know that? Yeah. Um, and the, he was sort of stalking around at the back. Um, but, it, but 
apart from that, and apart from the gentleman from uh, For Britain who handed me a leaflet when I first arrived, that's Anne-Marie Waters' uh, yes. new political party, I'm sure will, um, you know, will soon be in, in government. Um, everyone else was perfectly polite. And I, I, you know, I introduced most people, told them who I was. That's kind of what we have to do as journalists, told them who I was working for. And they were... They weren't that sneery. They weren't sneery. I wouldn't have said they told me no uncertain terms what they thought of um, the publication and, uh, and my reviews and, and indeed my T-shirt. But they were they were they were fine. I didn't get wrestled or punched or beer thrown at me. Um, they 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 were you know they were they were polite. Good. Oh, well, that's nice to hear. Were there any surprises? I mean, I'm expecting obviously that there was a. A really barnstorming and detail-packed speech from David Davis. Well, I mean, David Davis—they got—they got this wrong actually. So he he Kate came on last, on, didn't he? He came on last. So Kate was on first, yeah, and just did what she always did. She gave pretty much the same. I also went to the Labour League fringe event on—I think it was Monday night—but who knows? The nights are sort of blended into one another, and she basically said exactly the same thing again. There, oh, it's so hard for me to be a Labour MP. Um, and be a lever, you know, sob, sob, cry, cry, um, and am I brave? And then, um, and then Nigel came on, and then, I, I mean, I think our views on Nigel are, are fairly well known. I don't think um, either myself or you need to go into them in great no. detail here. But he, he can, he can, he's a rabble rouser. I mean, he came on, he did a speech. What to that point had been quite a sedate meeting, actually. Um, and, and quite sort of friendly and it turned into a Trump rally. And it, actually, one thing I must mention is the amount of people with um, Make America Great Hats and Stars and Stripes and uh, Trump stuff, there was quite a lot of people, I would say 50, 60 plus, with some kind of Trump merch. Um, and wow. when Nigel came up, yeah, when Nigel came up and spoke, then he, you know, he had them being out of his pond. They loved it. They were out of there. They were clapping, they were whooping, um, and and then David Davis, David Davis came on and gave what uh, I mean, <laughs> just killed the atmosphere immediately. He was talking about technical stuff, but he did, I wasn't convinced he had any grasp over. I have to say, um, and it, it felt more like a conference speech, really. Uh, you know, a sort of mid mid afternoon on a Monday conference speech, um, and it. it, it People were glad when that finished, I have to say. Uh, there was then a, a, a sort of brief Q&A, which um, Nigel dominated, and it wasn't yeah. particularly interesting. And I have to say, I was quite happy to dash out when that ended, get in the car and leave. Good. Well, you know, they'd be proud, because you are now a leaver, even if it is only from a leave-mean-leave leave, uh, rally. I mean, well, no, it, I always was. I, I mean, I voted leave. Yeah. Oh, right, OK. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I would like to say that is not true. <laughs> okay. Uh, yes, you abstained, of course. Um, <laughs> now he he stayed away from the UKIP conference, and obviously you are heading for the the Tory conference. And I w- I've been sat here just just now thinking, you know, I wonder if Nigel Farage sees himself rejoining the Tories. He was a Tory, of course, before he went off and, and formed. UKIP and maybe yeah. even playing a big role in a sort of post checkers, post May, maybe post split Tory party. Can you can you see Farage back in the Tories at some stage? Do you know what? As it stands right now, 
No, I mean we saw Brandon Lewis, the yeah. chairman. We saw his reaction to um, to old Wiggy and um, and Aaron Banks trying to trying to rejoin as part of this blue wave nonsense. Um, so right now, no, I can't see it. If the Tories are, um, if, if May falls, which is perfectly feasible, of course, Labour are talking about, you know, they are very much preparing for a November election. They, they, they're fairly convinced that we're going to have an election before Christmas. I'm not, but they are. Mm. Um, and, you know, if May was to fall uh, now or in the next 12 months, I think that's perfectly conceivable. Uh, either through good or bad, actually. I mean, it, could, it didn't, wouldn't necessarily have to be that she is toppled. I think that I, I, I think that she's getting towards the end of her tether. She's got a very long tether, actually, hasn't she? Because I Hell of a tether. But she, but um, you know, if, if Boris is the next leader, if we see um, big jobs for the likes of Jacob Rees-Mogg, etc., and it is a, a Brexiteer takeover, whatever happens with the actual negotiations, then yeah, I can, I can, I could see Nigel uh, coming back into the party. He's not very electable, though, is he? Let's be honest. No. He's tried on numerous occasions and he's failed, even at the height of his... But a nice, um, safe Tory seat in Kent somewhere, you know, I mean... I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, I I could see him rejoining the party. I could see him being a... a, a, You know, well, he's very vocal. He's never going to stop being that. Can I see him being a Tory MP? I'm not sure, sure about that. I think... And I also don't think he's going to suddenly get a get a peerage either so I don't know maybe there's some role for him but I, yeah. I think there are other people that the likes of Boris would prefer and also you've got to think that if Boris is the leader and he has had to promote the likes of Jacob Rees-Mogg they're two pretty big Brexit personalities but Boris really won Nigel Farage you know speaking from even the back benches I would suggest probably not he'd want to do it on his terms and Boris also he, he's blown by the political wind so he he would want the ability to change his mind on this. I mean, if you look at some of the stuff that he did when he was the mayor of London, mm. there was a lot of there was a lot of fairly liberal internationalist stuff that he did there. It's only in you know fairly recent times that he's changed his tune. And my belief is that Boris is not nearly as Brexity as he makes out. He's doing it, and this this makes it worse. By the way, in my opinion, he's doing it because he's desperate to be prime minister, not yep. that he actually believes in it. That makes it worse. I almost got more time for Farage, who at least believes in it, even if it is completely bonkers, <laughs> divisive, and very, very dangerous. Too at true. Least he believes in it. Too true. Um, I mean, is, is, I, I don't know what the running order is for the Tory conference. I, I know this is quite a term to use when you're talking about a Conservative Party conference, but what are you looking forward to? He's going to speak on Tuesday. I think. I think that will. That's the. Is he uh, speaking to the main conference though, or is he just speaking no, no, in a room? He's a fringe event. He's certainly not welcome. Well, he's <laughs> he's, he's got a fringe. Um, it's an event. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's Tuesday. Also, talk about it, but I'm pretty sure it's Tuesday. Um, so he's only coming up for the day, um, which which will hearten uh, Theresa May. That was certainly the last I heard. Obviously, this is Boris, and it all could change. Yeah. But um, as far as I'm aware. He is not even staying overnight. So he's coming on the Tuesday morning. He will speak at this um, Brexit rally, they're calling them rally. We've had a few rallies this year. I mentioned that later as well, you know, rallies everywhere. It's it's a worrying word in politics, in my opinion. But he will speak at this rally, and um, you can expect from there 
there to be, you know, a lot of news lines and a lot going on. And of course, the worry for Theresa May is that she will be at the same time that Boris is, is speaking and and dropping these bombshells, which I'm sure he will. Um, she will be trying to brief to the likes of me and the rest of the media what is going to be in her speech the next morning. So her concern going to conference, I think, and her worry about that speech is that it's going to be overshadowed by what Boris says. I think there's every likelihood that happens. And Reese Mogg, is he is he on? He's not on in the main room either, is he? Or is he? he no, no, he's not. So he will be. He will be. I mean, the main the main room is even. There are even you know high ranking um, or fairly high ranking. Uh, ministers and things who don't get much of a much of a look in in the, in the main room. So the likes of Jacob Rees-Mogg won't be speaking in the main room. He will be, as he did last year, holding court at the fringes, and there they are massively oversubscribed, very difficult to get into. You've got to sort of cram in the back. I remember last year I was the one from round the corner. You know, there is a lot of um, a, a lot of interest in in Jacob uh, from the from the um, grassroots. So they'll. So he will be doing, I think he's doing a few fringes, I'm not entirely sure um, off the top of my head when or where they are, but he will be doing the, the fringe circuit definitely and will be about and will be doing the media circuit, I have no doubt about that. Okay. And, um, the, and, uh, the, and the, the, what, what they will try and do, you know, Boris and the Brexit Union, is to, is to keep conference, um, the, the themes of conference on their terms. Yeah. Um, and what Theresa May will be doing and her front bench will be desperately trying to do is to talk about, yes, talk about Brexit, but talk about other stuff as well. And that's been something that Labour have tried to do and, and pretty much failed. I mean, my views on the Labour Party conference that was that it was actually quite well organised. It seemed like more than last year and more than previous years with Jeremy, it seemed like a conference for a party that perhaps could govern. Yeah. Um, just a little bit, so everything works all right. You get in and out nicely, the screens all work. Things that perhaps didn't work quite as well previously, and that's a reflection of the influx of money they've got from new members. Um, but it, it, it was it, there was the big elephant in the room throughout the whole thing was Brexit, yes. and it overshadowed the whole conference because, of course, we had: is there going to be a debate? Is there going to be a vote? Well, it was, and that obviously, you know, the, perhaps the wording and emotion could have been stronger as far as uh, excuse me, us re- remainers are concerned. But nonetheless, it was there, and there was a vote and conference voted in favour of that motion, so that's, that's something that we should welcome. But it wasn't until, and this was my moment of confidence by, you know, easily, when Keir Starmer inserted into his speech those words that the, no one was ruling out an option to remain, that was when confidence came to life. Mm. And and that, that was the big moment. And actually then, go, it was a real positive feeling about confidence um, after that. Until Jeremy Corbyn got to his feet <laughs> and took the wind out of the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not quite sure how he did it, but Kia rescued conference, I would still say. And I think, all told, it probably was a reasonably successful conference for Labour because they didn't, it wasn't a complete disaster. It was, yes. it could have been so much worse, actually. Yes. Keir Starmer, very clever politician, so I've got a lot of time for. Yes. Um, and I know that there are some frustrations from from listeners and readers and our lot and because he hasn't been able to do enough but I think he's a lawyer and he uh, from the, from day dot has seen his position as, as, a, as a long term he's had long term goals yeah yeah and I really do think that he, he puts certain things in place the tests for example and making sure that this motion was debated and really seeing it through and really being on top of his brief 
and, and not going as far as to see certain things like John McDonnell has said and Len has said, always getting his language just just about right so that if, if we do get a people's vote, if we do get a second referendum and the country is given the chance to change his mind, I think he will be in a, in a really good position to, to move forward with Labour. And he might, I, after I interviewed him, um, I think we're going to hear the interview, aren't we? Yeah, we are, yeah. Interview, or it's certainly a, a short snippet of it. After I looked at that interview, I left the room, there were some other journalists there. I turned and I said, do you know what? He might just save the Labour Party, Keir Starmer. He might just save the Labour Party. And, uh, I mean, it, it depends what left-wing candidate he's up against, of course, if, if, if and when there is a leadership contest. But he's a very, very clever politician, and I think someone that we maybe want to scream at sometimes, you know, just say back at people's work, just say this, just do it. I think, I think he's on our side. Brexiteer of the Week. Welcome back. Steve has joined me again for Brexiteer of the Week. Steve, make him funny. I can't make him oh. funny. Oh. I can't make him funny. Brexit's too serious this week. Mm. Um, but you know what else Brexit is? It's uh, one of the greatest days of Martin Daubney's life. <laughs> do, you, do you know who Martin Daubney is? Have you, are you aware of this bloke's work? Uh, I, yes. He used to be the editor of Loaded magazine. Yes. He's, he's actually worked with a couple of people I know on FHM magazine. Oh. Now, I don't really know what he does, but he comes on Sky News every week or so, and he basically says, but when is it International Men's Day? And stuff mm. like that. He seems to be a men's rights... A men's rights campaigner. Right. Anyway, I can't see him getting the chance to take over the new European anytime soon. Not really. No. No. I think his journalistic career may, if he's got ambitions in that direction, uh, I think mm. unfounded. Anyway, he turned up on Sky News as he does, uh, and he said uh, that Brexit Day was one of the greatest days of his life. What, what, he said. Before? He said, "I still recall Brexit Day, oh. what I call Independence Day, as one of the." Finest days of my life after the birth of my children. Hmm. Uh, it was a sucker punch from the silent provinces, which was who were ignored in the media. Yeah, of course, because people like Nigel Farage were really ignored by the Absolutely. media. But it's saying that Brexit Day is the, one of the finest days of your life. It seems to be after the birth of your children. It's the third best day in your life. What was the best day of your life? Well, was... Let's put Brexit Day aside. And Apart from not, Brexit Day. Let's not mention kids. Because uh, anyone who's got kids knows full well that anyone who says that's the best day of their life well, is lying. Well, it's the most stressful, awful yeah, day of your life. It's not, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then it carries it's on. It's great for, for a few minutes the at wife. the end, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> come on, <laughs> then. Right, we're coming, then. Um, no. <laughs> so what's the, what was the best day of your life? And let's take out children. Well, and that, let's take out Brexit Day. Well, yeah, Brexit Day, that was probably the best day of my life. I, I don't know. It would, I mean, it would obviously be days that involved a lot of music and laughter and drinking with friends of which I'm lucky to have have had many of those it wouldn't have been Brexit day anyway I thought I would look through Martin Daubeny's um, history and see what other things that he thought were absolutely brilliant and ranked up there with the birth of his children sexist James Bond he thinks that any moment when James Bond is really sexist in films is brilliant, and he said that he doesn't want Bond to have his sexual politics realigned at enforced yoga retreats, fed a subsistence diet of juiced wheatgrass, and given a lifetime subscription to feminist bleach sheet vagenda. That's the kind of thing that Martin Daubney writes. So he likes that magnetic. So he likes basically, yeah, yeah. He likes the old sexist James Bond. Um, he also likes. The cover line on a magazine, which I think is probably 
the single most offensive thing that I've ever seen on a mainstream magazine. Uh, in July of 1996, FHM magazine had a it was they had a motoring special, right? Uh, and they the cover wasn't a car, obviously. The cover was a picture of the actress Samantha Janus, who you may remember, I d- I new d- European reader, you may yes. remember Samantha Janus. Yes. Uh, she was lying front down on a bed. She was she didn't didn't have any clothes on. She had a bum out. Mm. And over the bum, Chilly. to 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 sell their motoring special, it said in massive letters, "Fill her up." And Martin Daubney says that is genius and one of the greatest cover lines ever. So that's up there with Brexit. And then, Janus, and then Samantha Janus was my um, Janus or Janus? I don't know, but I don't know. She was but anyway, my, she was my still wife's babysitter. You're still wife? Oh, yeah, you're still yeah, wife's like, babysitter. Yeah, 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 yeah just about wife's Yeah, babysitter. okay. Yeah. Well, that's well, interesting. To, something else I'll have to cut out. Um, and then his other, one of his other great days of his life was when he was 10 years old, and he's wrote a piece, written a piece about this for The Sun, was when Martin was looking for his Christmas presents when he was 10 years old, oh. and he was looking through all in his dad's wardrobe. Yeah. And do you know what he found? Oh, God. He found a load of porn magazines, Playboy, Razzle, Fiesta and Hustler, uh, and he said it was a rude sexual awakening. It made basically he's saying it made him what he is today. I still joke with my dad uh, when I discovered, and there's no polite way of putting this, that he was a wanker. My discovery didn't taint me, but rather it kick-started a healthy conversation about sex with my sister and with what? older male neighbours who what? said, yeah, my dad has got mucky books too. I'll swap you some if I like. So let's just to recap, the things that are as good... At, as Brexit, in Martin Daubney's world, are James Bond when he's being sexist and revolting, repulsive, leering cover lines on magazines and swapping porn magazines with older men when you're 10 years old. And that tells you all that you need to know about Martin Daubney and we will never speak of him again on the New European podcast. Why do porn mags still exist? I don't know, because... I don't know. Is it just lorry drivers? It could be, yeah. It could be. Anyway... Who's next? uh, Robert Kimball... Um, we must. I must shout out to the great Michael Deacon of the Daily Telegraph for this one. I do like Robert Kimball. Do you know who Robert Kimball is? He's a. Uh, he's become. He's a UKIPper from uh, the northeast who has become fairly successful on Twitter. Uh, I think he's got about forty thousand followers uh, because he tweets a lot of statistics and stuff about business, which purport to show that Brexit is really working. Of course, we haven't really seen the. The worst effects of Brexit yet because we've not left the EU and also he just generally tends to tweet about British businesses doing quite well and you know British businesses are good and we're happy to see them doing well but it's nothing to do with Brexit Robert anyway uh, in December 2015 as Michael Deacon has pointed out Robert Kimball tweeted this our history decided who we are but in no way does it determine who we will be. Our future will be glorious. Yes. Hashtag leave EU. This week, Robert Kimball tweeted, We survived the bubonic plague of 1603, brackets as many as two and a half million dead, the civil war of 1642 to 1651, brackets 211,000 dead, and the great fire of 1966, unspecified numbers dead. We can certainly survive Brexit. <laughs> So, and you know what Samuel so Pepys ri- did? Yeah, yeah. Buried his cheese. He buried his cheese. To that's, save it from the fire. Whenever think, there's a fire, that's what you must do. I think before Brexit, we should bury our cheese. We should do. So Brexit is not quite as bad as a 
uh, a civil war or the bubonic plague. Okay, not quite as bad. Okay, well, that's reassuring. Welcome back. I'm joined by Steve. Hello. Where have you been? I've been hiding under the desk all, all this time. Yeah. <laughs> Again. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're glad you've returned to yes. do Brexit of the Week because it's not the same when we do it without you. No, it's not. It's it's better. Funnier. Yeah, yeah, funnier. Yeah, there's actual jokes in it. Come on then, what's been happening? Well, where shall we where shall we begin? What about Roger Daltrey? Should we talk about Roger Daltrey? Who? Hey, it's good. So Roger Daltrey has come out as a Brexiteer, hasn't he? Yeah. And and he said um he said um he said sort of a remarkable thing, didn't he? He said the the EU is a gravy train which is soaking us dry. And oh, what? Can you you can't Soaked dry. He means sucked, doesn't he? Soaked dry in gravy from a gravy train. Oh, I'd like to be soaked in gravy, though. Give me a bath of onion gravy and and a nice big Yorkshire pudding. And you and then you'd be soaked dry in a bath of onion gravy. <laughs> All you that, maybe that's what he means. The EU is is pouring gravy on us, and it's all soaking into our skin. Anyway, um, what is it? It's a case of. Uh, Meet the new Dross, same as the old Dross, <laughs> well. uh, from Roger there. It's disappointing, isn't it, when people that you really like come out as a Brexiteer? Well, I had my concerns about the Who a few years ago when they refused to let um, um, Won't Get Fooled Again be used at the end of the Michael Moore documentary. Oh, is that right? Um, and it, it, I can't remember exactly which one it was. And listen, I can take a leave Michael Moore, but um, yeah, I don't some, like those Michael first Moore. couple of documentaries were actually quite good. Bowling for Columbine, I think this one was. Right, okay. And... Um, and instead, they had to use um, black eyed peas. Uh, I've got a feeling. <laughs> keep on rocking in the free world. Oh, okay. Which is a good song. Neil Young, yeah, well. so that's a very good song. Uh, we'll get fooled again, as uh, as it will now be retitled, yeah. as he's a Brexiteer. It's a, it's such a shame. Um, Nigel Lawson, I saw him on the TV the other day. Did you see this? He said Brexit is. They, they said, why is it okay? that you couldn't be a resident of France and live in France, but you don't want anybody else to live in, in France. And he said, Brexit isn't about me, it's about the British people as a whole, and the great majority of British people live in Britain. So, mm. pick the bones out of that one, <laughs> Nigel. So it's okay for you to live in France, but no one else can now go and live in, and work in France, but that's, that's fine because most British people live in Britain. But this is a man who named his daughter Nigella. He did, yeah. Mind you, my daughter's called Richard Della. Richard. <laughs> <laughs> and the lovely lady she is too. Um, yeah, Nigel Lawson. Um, talking of Nigels, Nigel Farage. I don't know if you saw uh, any footage of him. They had a, a Leave Means Leave campaign rally in Bournemouth. Uh, I, do you know what? One was enough for me. It so was on I Monday. Well, back. you went, didn't you? I went and, to and Bolton, yeah. Just remind the listener... The listeners, rather, um, or maybe it is listener. Just listener. What ha- what was scheduled when leave means leave? Plan an event. It is you know with precision. Yes. They had it, there was a slight clash, wasn't there, in Bolton with what with, what was it? It was Bolton Pride. It was Bolton Pride. So there were loads of rainbow clad. They were <laughs> ravers wandering around, and then there was the Pride crowd as well. Yeah, no, yeah. Hey. Um, and they timed. So Nigel Farage made a speech in Bournemouth. He had a big Leave Means Leave rally Monday night, and it was he, he got up to speak at almost exactly the same time as England v Spain started. <laughs> um, but there were a couple of hundred people there, and he he um, 
he, he really dialed up the military rhetoric. He dived into his little khaki knapsack of, of disused military uh, rhetoric. He said, this is the most important campaign that has ever been fought in British history, mm. which is quite something, yeah. isn't it? The old 1939 to 1945 thing. Quite a few even further back as well, you might argue. Yeah, 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 yeah. He said he was fighting and battling for a referendum. He'd stood and fought with people in the campaign. He said it was time to stand up and fight again. He said, I'm reactivating the People's Army. And then he started talking about MPs. And he said, don't write to your MP. He said, go meet them meet them face to face and make them feel the heat. Mm. And you sort of go... Ooh, I don't want to meet Nigel face to face and feel his heat, would you? Well, not really. Imagine the heat coming off that ruddy complexion as well after wow. a couple of pints. Wow. But imagine just, you know, when he says these things, go and make, meet your MP face to face and feel the heat, and it's a people's army. Do you think... Yeah. And he, has anyone ever dragged him over to one side and said, do you remember this woman, Joe Cox, and what happened to her? But to be fair, you might as well uh, explain the concept of morality to a wasp. Um, I mean, he said nonsense like he said it would. would but didn't he say he'd get his gun and yeah, he on said Paul, take up arms, it? didn't yeah. he, and all of this. There's quite a lot of this this week, wasn't there? Andrea Jenkins said it's better to go down fighting and honouring the democratic decision of our British people than to be remembered for waving a white flag and surrendering to the EU demands. Right. Yeah. Uh, and of course, Arlene Foster said. Uh, it's now a battle of who blinks first, and we've cut off our eyelids. <laughs> so that's you know. dark, isn't it? Yeah, that so reminds it's a choice me of between that. you know being killed in action or maiming yourself horribly, isn't it? Uh, which is I don't know. It's a bit it's like a scene out of American Psycho. Yeah, yeah. What well, I don't know what it is about these people, but they're just drawn to battle and conflict, aren't they? Daniel Hannan. Sunday, October the 14th, he tweeted, Today is the anniversary of the Battle of Hastings. It's arguably the worst man-made catastrophe <laughs> to befall the English people. Well, I wonder if there's another man-made c- catastrophe that's going to befall the English people. Um, straight ahead. And then, of course, we had the amazing uh, Nick Timothy article in The Sun. Uh, I don't know if you read this. He talks about how... Uh, how Theresa May must discover her inner Boudicca, uh, and of course, it, and she should take inspiration from Boudicca. And of course, Boudicca had to poison herself after she masterminded a battle in which eighty thousand Britons were killed, uh, and a cost of four hundred Romans. Um, so that is all good. Um, talk about articles in the Sun. Pretty Patel wrote one uh, the same day as Nick t- as uh, Nick Timothy. Um, Do you know my Pretty Patel story? No, go on. Well, I've interviewed Pretty on numerous occasions. Yeah, your first name terms. Yeah. Well, I won't, uh, well, uh, prob- probably not. Yeah, okay. Um, but then I was interviewed by Radio 4 when she... Oh, yes. Um, when she... Had Met to, her end. Yes, yeah. Um, and, I, and I was quizzed about whether... It was for... Um, it was for their uh, profile. Show. Oh yeah, yeah. And I was asked about whether, uh, you know, whether she would bounce back. What her bounce back ability? Oh yes, was. yeah. In fact, my pal said, "I bet you can't get a word into the interview before I went to do it." And I went, "All right, then pick one." And he said, "Bounce back ability." Oh, so yeah, I, well, it was me fine, that dropped. Yeah, yeah easy. Um, and they said to me, "Do you think she'll ever be prime minister?" And I said, uh, "No, she's desperate to be, but she's not clever enough." Yes. And 
word came back to me that Pretty had listened to this. Was um, not pleased. And not happy with me because I said she wasn't clever. Okay, well, I mean, it was a very clever article that she wrote because... <laughs> well, are you going to prove me right or because wrong? Because she wrote an article demanding that Theresa May must deliver on the 2017 Conservative Manifesto. Oh. And she mentioned the 2017 Conservative Manifesto. It's probably about 600 words, this article. She mentioned it 10 times. And she said, May must honour the manifesto, keep our manifesto promises, meet the manifesto commitments. And, I mean, I don't know if you remember the 2017 Conservative Manifesto, but it had things in it like the dementia tax return of grammar schools, the scrapping of universal uh, free school meals. It wanted to start means testing pensioners for the winter fuel allowance. And it, it wanted a, to end the triple lock on pensions. It was basically a shit shower. It was, yeah. And, 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 and what was the response to it? It was, you know, less than 30% of the electorate voted Tory. She lost, uh, Theresa May lost 13 seats and she lost her overall majority. So a bizarre one. And, uh, and uh, you know, she's so pretty, pretty vacant. Um, <laughs> Boris Johnson. Um, I know you went for this Boris. job and didn't get it, but but uh, he, he's for for people who didn't apply, like me and Richard. Um, he he's he's hired an intern to run his social media accounts. Now Boris Johnson gets uh, two hundred and seventy five thousand for his terrible Daily Telegraph column. He gets seventy seven thousand three hundred and seventy nine quid uh, as a backbench MP and his expenses uh, and. Um, and the the lucky person who's got this job gets £10.20 an hour for four days a week, which is less than 5% of what Boris Johnson gets. Um, but the job advert was brilliant. It said, Boris Johnson's new helper had to be highly organised and have strong attention to detail. They had to have the ability to work cooperatively and the ability to work to deadlines under pressure. So that will make one of them in that office there. Um, <laughs> I, lo- I really love the Daily Express letters page. <clears throat> I really love the Daily Express letters page. Absolutely fantastic. And John Hearn from Rainham in Kent wrote my favourite letter of the week. And it, it sort of started by saying he was watching Troop in the Colour and he thought um, nobody does it better. And then he was watching the footage of the ENU negotiations and he thought oh it's a bit like we have all the time in the world even though we don't <laughs> and he started thinking about James Bond and then he said he wrote let's make Jacob Rees-Mogg our 007 and let him loose on Brussels and I suppose you know it was going to always going to come down to a choice between Idris Elba and Jacob Rees-Mogg now Daniel Craig is retiring um, you know and do you think Jacob Rees-Mogg would be a good James Bond? Yeah, yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, good. Okay. I, I well, did, I think he, fictional character. Yeah, went to Eton. They both went yeah, to Eton. Yeah, yeah. Like a modified car. James Bond had his modified car, didn't he? With the oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> with the revolving number plates and the, the machine guns that popped out. And Jacob yeah, Rees-Mogg had that car um, that some anarchists had stuck a purple dildo on the top. Of. Yeah, yeah. And I was thinking about possible. Um, <laughs> James Bond, um, James Bond film titles with Jacob Rees-Mogg. Project Fear would be quite good, wouldn't That's it? That's a nice one, yeah. Project Fear. Yeah. Um, Never Say Checkers Again, I thought. Good. From Prussia with Love, he would appreciate that as yeah, a, yeah. a history scholar. And then Spectacles. Um, <laughs> what, because he wears glasses? Because he wears glasses, so yeah. me and you. Yeah, you yeah. can't make fun of people who wear glasses. Oh, no, I wear glasses. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but what if the Brexit... 
you know, trade talks after Brexit fail and we discover that the world is not enough. Would it be a case then of EU only live twice? Anyway, I Very could go good. on all Very day. Good. But the Brexiteer of the week is Andrew Bridgen. Oh, yes. Now, this it was absolutely incredible. Flabbergasting. This. He went on Radio 5 Live against Stephen Nolan, and I would say that if you are as dense as Andrew Bridgen, one of the things you should not do is go on Radio 5 Live anyway, and two, you shouldn't go on against somebody who's as clever and as well-prepared as Stephen Nolan. Thank fuck Andrew Bridgen has never thought... I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll go on LBC and I'll have a word with this James O'Brien fella and, and put him straight on a few Yeah, exactly. Old news Oh, I mean, do you know what I mean? So, he said... And Stephen Nolan, you can hear the, the shock in Stephen Nolan's uh, voice. It, it's quite similar to when, you know, it's quite similar to when Gary Bushell went on the Alan Brazil Talksport morning show uh, to say that he'd just been to a tribute night to Bob Monkhouse and, 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 and Alan Brazil asked him how Bob's health was and he had to explain that he'd died six months previously. Anyway, Andrew Bridgen said to Stephen Nolan, as an English person... I have the right to go to Ireland and I believe that I can ask for a passport, can't I? <laughs> I'm sure that currently we have a reciprocal agreement where I can go to Ireland and ask for an Irish passport and someone can, from Ireland can come to the UK and ask for a British passport and that's the system we have, isn't it? No. Right. I think the It best, isn't the system we have. The best bit about that is... The, when he says, as an English person, I have the right to go to Ireland and believe I can ask for a passport. Like he just turns up and goes, passport, please. Passport, please. <laughs> My good man. And here's one for you. <laughs> I've brought one over. It's blue, you see. I don't really think he's understanding this freedom of movement thing. He's, it's amazing, isn't it? So, does he even know that Ireland's in the EU? I don't think he does. You know, Does he understand the whole Northern Ireland, Ireland thing? Does he? Hmm. Does he, you know... Does he just go to any island? Is he and this he he is an elected member of Parliament, <laughs> but he's also a member of the European Research Group, <laughs> who clearly should do a bit more research into Europe now and again. This so is. Andrew Bridgen, Brexiteer of the Week. Andrew, and I think it's his first time. It is first time as Brexiteer of the Week. Congratulations, Andrew. I'm sure we'll be hearing from you again. It's much harder to get in the list these days because we used to do ten in the yeah paper. yeah yeah. But now you've got to be you've I've got whittled to, it down now. You've yeah. got to be really stupid. You've got yeah. to be really stupid to get in. I think Boris has been in every time since <laughs> he did it on the title What should the listener do right now, Steve? Well, the, the listener should wish me a happy holiday because I'm not going to be here next week. Oh, that's right. You're off next week. Uh, but I would really like it if you supported the work of the New European by um, signing up to our, our crowdfunder. It's at steadyhq.com. Just search for the New European there. There's a choice of um, a choice of plans that you can use to uh, give us some money uh, and uh, keep up our fight against Brexit. Um, you can uh, go to your podcaster of choice and like this podcast. Give us a lovely review, many stars if you can. Uh, you could go to Facebook, join the New European Readers Group. You can just like us on Facebook. And on Twitter, you can follow us at The New European. And you can follow me at Sanglesey, S-A-N-G-L-E-S-E-Y. Or you can follow me at Porritt, P-O-R-R-I-T. That was the New European Podcast, brought to you in association with Progress, the centre-left Labour pressure group, changing Labour policy, stopping a Tory hard Brexit, marching for a people's vote, your remain home in Labour. Join now at prog.rs forward slash join. 
Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. 2018 has been some year for us. Brexit aside, we've put on loads of listeners. So at least there is some silver lining. But we'd like to put on even more. So please do spread the word. Give us all those great reviews. Share among your friends. Thank you so much for listening. It's an absolute joy that you do. And it brings smiles to our little faces. Let's hope there's even more listeners in 2019. I should also thank our sponsors, of course. And my co-hosts, Jerry and Steve. Who, as I mentioned at the start, have left me to it. We'll be back next week, as usual. But until then, Happy New Year. And here's Mr. Campbell and his bagpipes. Here you go. delete that bit that we've been <laughs> right right hey welcome to the next wave podcast consider us your chief ai officer in your business my name is matt wolf i have the number one youtube channel in the ai space i also run futuretools.com and i'm joined by my co-host nathan lands founder of lore.com we want to bring you the latest ai news and trends show you how you can use ai in your business and personal life and help make it super easy for you to understand and execute. We're going to equip you with the knowledge to thrive in this upcoming wave of change.